there was a lot of challenges that led you towards getting to that point of now being in a place where you have the option, you have the ability to decide what you want to do. And obviously you love the work you're doing and you pour a lot into it, but you also have the ability to go travel and take trips. And you're in that point of really being job optional, which I think is such a powerful place to be. I'm Steven Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Today's episode, I'm excited. I've got Devin Burr in the studio today. How are you doing today, Devin? I am great, man. I appreciate you having me and just excited to serve and see how we can uh, we can touch people around the world and create positive impact. So thank you so much. I love it. And I'm grateful to have you here. And for those of you who don't know Mr. Burr, as we know him, Devin started in the mortgage and refinance business back in 2005, and he's been full-time in real estate since 2019. He's got some really creative strategies about how to use your money uh, to not only invest in real estate, but also some creative strategies to allow you to be able to grow your wealth even faster. So I'm excited to dive into some of those. But before we get into the meat, some of the strategies you're using to reach independence, I'd love to start off on a personal note by looking back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that impacted or influenced your money journey? I would say probably just like all the struggles I had as a kid. My parents got divorced when I was three years old. I don't really remember it. They got remarried um, to try to make it work for me and my brother. I have an older brother Mm. and then they got divorced again when I was five. Mm. So I remember just hearing them fight all the time when I was really, really young. And then they got divorced and I would go from my mom's house to my dad's house every Friday. So I'd spend a week with mom, Mm -hmm. Friday to Friday, spend a week with dad. And what that did is that gave me like a lot of insight into two different parenting styles, but both of them were, they both struggled. Like my mom was a nail technician. She didn't make a lot of money. I think the most she's ever made is like 20, 30,000 a year. My dad was a heating and air conditioning technician. Most he's ever made is 80,000, which was this last year. So Mm. didn't come from a lot of money. Um, I grew up hearing things like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Like they'd come behind me and like turn lights off when I left rooms And I just always had this mindset that like money is scarce. And when I started to like come into my own as an adult, I realized that that's not the case. Like I started off in sales. That was like my first real job um, as a telemarketer. And I was 16, 17 years old working for MCI um, selling long distance. So it kind of Shows you my age a little bit because that was before everyone had cell phones that have long distance. But I used to sell long distance working part time and um, I worked five hours a night in high school making like 1700 bucks a week. 
So I'm thinking I'm making more than my parents as a high school kid working part-time. Like money's not scarce. It's just how hard are you willing to work? And you have to be able to serve more people. So I really learned early on that like you can shape your life financially. You just have to know how, and then you just have to go do it. Yeah. It's so true. And it's so interesting because when we grow up with those beliefs, when we grow up with the beliefs of scarcity around money, when we see those actions and those behaviors, turning off lights, talking about the lack of money, fighting about money, we start to associate that, oh, well, it's not really available to us. Like maybe we're not those people who have a lot of it. And so we just start thinking, hey, well, you know, we have to we have to really be tight with it. And from that perspective, it can really limit us. What was that? What was the, the, the turning point or that first moment that you realized, well, money isn't as scarce as I thought it was. And maybe there is another way of thinking about money. I think it was with that first sales job when I just started, I started really excelling at sales. Um, like I said, making like 1700 bucks a week as a high school kid. But then I started realizing like, I'm making this good money. I just started spending it like it was going out of style, right? I would buy new rims for my car. I would get a new system. I would go out. I actually had a fake ID when I was in high school. My my supervisor at MCI, um, Frank Bariga, never forget him. He actually looked a lot like me, but he was 23. So he left his ID at work one day on his desk. And I was like, ooh, so I kind of swiped his ID um, and yeah, he, that was my fake ID. So I used to go to clubs, I would get bottle service and literally I was spending all my money. So I never had anything to show for it. And that, that literally went on for my entire twenties. Like I would make decent money, spend all of it. And then at 31, I found myself bankrupt. I had $300 to my name couldn't afford the apartment I was living in with my daughter. Um, I was a full-time single dad at the time. And I'm about to be homeless because I just, I fell on hard times, you know? And at that point, that's when I really decided like, okay, I can make more money. I've done it in the past, but I need to stop being stupid with money. Like, if I can make money, but then actually have the money work for me instead of me always having to work for it, that's when I can actually start getting ahead. So, you know, tell me, are you financially free today? I am, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, we've been traveling a bunch and the fact that I'm able to do that, I don't have to work anymore. Um, passive income, we're up to about 30,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So my bills aren't anywhere close to that. So I'm not like the wealthiest and richest person by any means, but I don't have to work anymore, which is just such a cool feeling that I can just kind of do whatever I want when I want with who I want. And if I want to work, then I can make more money, but I don't have to. Yeah. I think it's such an important place to, to just underline is like, there was a lot of challenges that led you towards getting to that point of now being in a place where you have the option, you have the ability to decide what you want to do. And obviously you love the work you're doing and you pour a lot into it, but you also have the ability to go travel and take trips. And you're in that point of really being job optional, which I think is such a powerful place to be. What was the strategies that you used to get to that point where you could start having that type of income coming in? 
Well, it started off really with, um, with leaving my job. So I was doing mortgages and I left that in 2019 to just become my own boss. I wanted to really have my effort build wealth for me and my family instead of that effort build wealth for the company I was working for. So Mm -hmm. when I left my job, um, October of 2019, I started doing wholesaling and flipping houses and I did pretty well quickly. Um, by March of 2020, I had done eight real estate deals, zero marketing. I didn't spend $1. I would just go to local meetups and I would scour Instagram to find out where people were going to be at. And I would just go introduce myself. I would just go make friends with people. And by doing that, I was brought in on deals and yeah, I was doing well, but I had started realizing that if you wholesale a deal, if you flip a house, you're making capital gains income. So you're still taxed pretty high and taxes suck. I hate taxes to this day. I can't stand them. Right. I think I'm like every other American. So I started thinking like, well, how can I pay less taxes? And I started researching. And if you hold on to properties, if you own them, you can start writing off depreciation. You have different write-offs you can take. So you can lower your taxable income. Then you just pay less. So I'm like, all right, Mm -hmm. how can I start holding on to properties? I knew about this method called the Burr method. Buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. My last name is Burr. So I'm like... (laughs) I'm Mr. Burr. How about I become Mr. Burr, as you see on the wall here. And I just started coining myself as that guy. I made a music video. It's like a spoof music video. Um, Anyone who wants to check it out, go to my YouTube channel, Mr. Underscore Burr. It's the first video I ever uploaded. It's just me and my friend Templeton Walker. We're rapping and it's, it's, it's hilarious, but Basically, I started holding on to properties and building my wealth by actually owning things instead of selling them. And then I realized like, all right, well, the, the people that make the most money in real estate all the time is the bank, the lenders, mm-hmm. right? Think about if you're a flipper, you have to get a hard money loan. You have to get a private money loan. You could make zero money on that deal. You could lose money on the deal, but who always gets paid? The lenders. The bank always makes the money. So I'm like, all right, I need to become the bank. And when I started thinking like that, I actually heard a podcast with this guy by the name of Chris Noggle. He was talking about, Chris is, he's awesome. He, he, He was talking about how to become the bank. And I'm like, That's what I need, right? So I went down that rabbit hole. I started researching it. I got on a phone call with Chris, actually started doing what he practices and then using it with all my real estate. And I realized I was able to multiply money by being the investor, but also being the bank on those deals. So think about that. I'm making money as the investor, but I'm also making money as the bank. So I'm making money in two places at the same time. Once I realized that, I was like, this is freaking incredible. Everyone needs to know about this. I'm telling mom and dad. I'm telling brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins. Dude, I'm I'm literally telling people in the most unopportune times. 
mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like literally in the checkout line at the supermarket. I'm like, dude, did you know you can be your own bank? And then I'm, I'm explaining it to them and everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy, but yeah, it was changing my life. So I knew as a kid that barely passed high school, I passed with a D average as a kid that stumbled through his twenties was bankrupt at 31 rock bottom. If it could work for me, it can work for anybody. So I'm like, let me just share it with as many people as I can. Well, I think what's so, I I think what's so great about that is when you find something that you're passionate about, when you find something that's really helped you and you want to share it with everyone else. And it's always funny because like some of the people are going to receive that message. They're going to be like, great, tell me more. I want to learn more, but you're of course, because you didn't know about it. Most people don't know about it. When they hear that, they're like, what the heck is this guy talking about? But the, the passion of being able to find something that, you know, is going to help other people, I think is such a good indicator that you're onto something. Yeah. I mean, I looked at it just like, how can I get this message out more? And the easiest way to get a message out that is free social media. So I just started putting out videos about it. My third video, it was me sitting in my car talking about how to get all the money back for any car you'll ever buy, drive and own by using the concept of being your own bank. Mm -hmm. I went to bed, woke up the next morning. I had 17,000 followers like that. Mm -hmm. Everyone started asking me how to get a policy, how to do this, how to become their own bank. So I just started, I kept making more videos. And then I realized like, all right, all these people are asking me how to do this. What I was doing was sending them to Chris because that's how I did it. I'm just sending them to Chris, 10, 15, 20 people a day. And then it hit me one day. I'm like, why am I giving all this business to Chris? Why don't I be Chris and be the guy that sets up people to be their own bank? So March of 2021, I started doing that. And since then I've set up over 1300 people to be their own bank. That's added a whole nother stream of income for me this year. I'll make probably $1.3 million just from that. Um, And it just came from helping people, helping people do what I learned. It's been incredible. Yeah. What I really hear here summarizing is, you know, number one, you started using the Burr method, which is really buying rental properties, doing some renovations, pulling out the cash. Then second, you started using infinite banking as a tool to take the money that you had earned, putting it into a policy, doing that in a unique and creative way, and then lending that money back to the real estate company that you created in order to be able to continue to have that money investing and moving for you. And because you're borrowing money at one rate and you're lending at another rate, you're making a return on that. So you're making a return in two different ways. And then the third thing you did was you built another business, a consultancy, a, uh, an insurance agent business, essentially, where you're taking those qualified people and you're bringing them through a process, teaching them some of the same things that you've been able to learn. And that's led you to creating more earned income that you're then able to invest. And so I think it can be a really great example of regardless of where you're at today, the key thing to figure out is how do you make money? And then how do you multiply it? 
So you got to make money through the active business, through the activities you're doing, through maybe going and finding a new niche or something that you're passionate about that you can deliver value to other people. You earn that income and then you multiply money by going investing and you're bringing something unique to the table by putting that money into an insurance policy, which is another form of investing, and then being able to use the money from that cash value life insurance policy to then reinvest back into the real estate. So from from the investing perspective, how would you say from a time perspective, what's the split of where you're spending your time? Are you spending 10% on real estate? You're spending 50%. Talk to me a little bit about that. So I'm glad that you actually mentioned it was a life insurance policy. Cause I try to refrain from mentioning that soon as I mention it's life insurance, people's like blinders go up. They're, they yeah. just think it's some sort of scam, but they think of like a regular whole life insurance policy. What we do is totally different. It's it's not built for the death benefit. It's built for the cash value. Yeah. So yeah, as far as split goes, um, I would say most of it now is geared towards how can I create passive income? Like my Airbnbs, that's what I own with the Burr method, all Airbnbs they're not really that passive. There's a yeah. lot you have to do with them. So I'm actually in the um, process of selling them. They've got yeah. a bunch of equity because of how we've done the deals. So I'm going to take the, the cream off the top, put that money into policies because that money is guaranteed to grow once it goes into an insurance policy. And then I'm going to take it and lend it out. So I'm just going to be the, the private money lender. Right now we have about $800,000 lent out to private deals. So right there, we're making like nine, 10 grand a month passive just mm -hmm. from that. And that is literally passive. You don't have to do anything. You just get checks in the mail. So yeah. most of my energy now is spent on just creating videos so I can get people into a funnel and they can watch a video that shows them how infinite banking works. And then they get on a call with someone on my team. I used to take all the calls. Now I just have my team do it. And they set up a policy. And then from there, I'm just focused on building relationships. How can I get more money moving? How can I get more money growing without me having to work at all? So yeah. that's really the thing. I don't spend a lot of time on real estate. I just kind of try to make creative videos, spend the rest of my time traveling and doing cool stuff. And I think what's inspiring about seeing this example is that when you actually break down what you've done, Devin, is that you were in a position where you were earning earned income in your career. You took some of that earned income and you started uh, investing it into real estate that you needed to do actively, right? Things that you would exchange your time, but you'd also invest and that would then drive a much higher return than if you were going to do some other strategy. You chose... Airbnb and Burr. So you connected those two different strategies together. You go out and find a property, you renovate it, you improve it, you make it a lot better. And then you go back to the bank and you refinance it. You pull out some of that money and then you own it ideally free and clear, or at least with not a lot of the original cash in it. And then what you've done is you just continue to repeat that process. But while you're repeating it on the next deal, you've gone and started renting these properties out on Airbnb. And why do it on Airbnb? Because 
you're able to get, you know, a 20 or 30% higher return by going and doing all of that extra management work of running a hospitality business to increase your cash flow, which then increases the amount of money that you're earning on each individual deal. And then you really found another strategy of being able to create more income at a higher level using some things that you're passionate about. And now you're really looking to move from that growing phase where you're looking at, hey, how can I do things to make money and continue to grow that little pot of money I have? And now what you're looking to do is, hey, I want to go to a phase where I'm more passive. And see, this happened within you know a couple of years, depending on the, if you're listening to this, this could happen within a couple of years. It could happen happen within a decade or two. It just depends on what's right for you. But you've moved from that growth phase into the passive income, the cash flow phase. And so now you're finding a new strategy where you can actually lend out that money on a fixed note or some type of note plus equity type opportunity that's going to then drive returns for you without you needing to do all the work or take as much risk as you were taking when you're the one who are managing it. Hundred percent. I look at it this way: the the most valuable currency that we all have, it's something that we literally spend. So it is a currency. Is time? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you spend your time? I'm spending my time right now with you. You're spending your time with me. Yeah. We'll never get it back. It's spent. It's gone. It is the most valuable currency. So, how do you want to spend your time? I want to spend my time creating memories, right? Experiences. So we just booked a trip right before we got on this podcast. My wife and I just booked a trip to Switzerland. Mm. We're going at the, um, the end of June. Um, we're going to the Bahamas at the beginning of June. We just got back from Maui. Like I want to spend time doing that. I don't want to have to spend my time worrying about how I'm going to make money. I just want my money to make money for me. I look at money as little soldiers, little green soldiers. Yeah. I'm going to send those soldiers out and I want them to make little soldier babies. Yeah. And I want those little soldier babies to come back. Now I've got more soldiers. I'm going to deploy those ones out. Those are going to make more babies. They come back to me, send them out again. And as long as you can do that with first putting your money into a place that's guaranteed to grow, you can never lose money. You're just always going to have more and more to invest, more and more to send out. So that's all I focus on. Yeah, and so with that kind of a shift, you can see you can see how powerful it can be that you got to figure out those two things. Make money, multiply money. Manage money is really the third one. You got to know how do you manage it? How do you get it working for you? How do you save on taxes and protect it. With those three things in mind, you step into a totally new world. So you're in a position where you're earning great income. You're looking to become more passive. When it comes to making those investments um, and lending out that money, what's the path or strategy that you're looking at? I know you're kind of in that developmental phase, but what type of investments are you looking to place that capital into in order for it to grow passively for you? So right now I've got a lot of my money into a private fund with yep. some investors I know out in Utah. Um, they do development deals. 
So I really like their fund because what they do is they purchase the land with their money. So the deal always already has a bunch of equity because they've got their skin in the game. They also personally guarantee the deal. So I generally look for two things. I look for personal guarantee or first lien position. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm in first lien position, like think about a house, my house that I'm in here, the bank is in first lien position. If I stop making payments on this house, they can take the house because they have a lien on it. So if I'm a le- if I'm a, a lender and I lend to you, let's say, in first lien position, you stop paying me, I can legally take the house. So I look for that and I look for personal guarantees. And then after and so that, you're talking at- about just to be clear though, you're talking about lending money, right? Correct. So it's a lending, you're creating a debt instrument and you're being paid for a set rate of return for making that investment. Very important to understand the difference for all the listeners because equity and debt are two different things, very powerful instruments. And what Devin's talking about is, is actually lending debt. Yep. I, the, I think the problem with real estate is there's so many ways to make money with it. Yeah. So many ways there's wholesaling, there's notes, there's sub two, there's flipping, there's the Burr method, there's, Um, I mean, you name it, there is every way possible to make money in real estate. I think the key is finding out what you really jive with, what really makes sense to you, and then just diving into that. Figure that out to where you can have that just fully run itself, then start trying to do other things. For me personally, I want to have cash flow. I had a deal where I could have funded it recently. A good friend of mine, great investor, ton of track record, wouldn't be a lot of risk in the deal because they have so many safeguards in place, super conservative deal, but it wasn't cash flow. It was equity. So on the exit, I would get a return. The exit would be in like two and a half years. I don't want that. I want cash flow. So I just lend my money and get a monthly return. So if I lend $100,000 at 12%, I'm getting 12% interest, which would be $1,000 a month. That's what I want. I want the money coming in every single month. So and what I like me. about and what I like about what you're saying is that you've clearly gotten clear on what you want and why you want it when it comes to investing. Meaning, you've set an investment plan strategy in place and you're not getting distracted by shiny objects because equity investments where you double your money in two or three or four or five years can be great. But if your goal is cash flow, then you need to look past those or at least keep them within the amount uh, from a percentage allocation perspective in that bucket to whatever it is that you've agreed upon for yourself. And so by being intentional, Knowing that you're looking for passive income, it allows you to really uh, focus in on only those kind of investments. So I think that's really great. Well, I'd, I'd love for you to share, Devin. I've got one more question for you and then we'll wrap up. But I'd love before we get there, share where can people uh, follow you and and how can they learn more about what you're doing online? So you guys can follow me and find me on any of the social media platforms under Mr. Underscore Burr. That's B with four R's. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, 
I guess Facebook. I don't really get on Facebook much. I don't know if anyone does besides my parents, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so just follow me on there. I'm always giving just a ton of free information. And then if you want to learn more, there's a link in my bio on each platform where you can really start learning more about what I'm doing. Um, how I save on taxes, how I, how I do the infinite banking concept, um, different ways that I actually get money moving. It's all in the link in my bio. So click that, check it out. I love it. Well, this has been really great hearing about your story, how you've actually gone from more of an active role. You're moving more towards a passive role because you've kind of reached that goal that you were looking for. What is your advice for those listeners as we wrap up? What is your advice for those listeners who are on that path towards figuring out what is the right direction for them to go in order to achieve that financial independence that they're looking for? Man, good question. Um, I would say run your own race. You know, don't worry about anyone else. There's a reason that um, racehorses have blinders on. And it's so they don't see the two horses next to them. They run their own race. There's so much power in that because if you start looking at everyone else, you're going to compare yourself with everyone else. I did that very early on when I was in real estate. I started looking at Pace Morby. I started looking at Jamil Damji, Justin Colby, all these guys out here in Phoenix that were crushing it. And I knew them from going to meetups. I'm like, God, they are killing it. What am I doing over here? When in reality, if I step back and look at it as a brand new investor spending zero dollars, which they do not do, they have a lot of marketing that goes into what they're doing. I was spending zero dollars and I had eight real estate deals in three months. I was crushing it for my race, but I was looking at everyone else and what mm -hmm. they were doing. And what happened is when you compare comparison is the thief of joy. I started getting in my feelings and thinking, man, I'm not doing enough. I started getting down and out. And then I started really just kind of being depressed because I was focused on them, not on myself. So what I would advise everyone to do is just focus on you, focus on your path because your path is exactly what it should be. Just continue to get better than you were the day before and you'll have no regrets. You'll crush it on your timeline. Everyone else's timeline doesn't matter. Man, so good. Such great advice. Follow, follow Devin at Mr. Underscore Burr on all platforms. Really appreciate you joining us today. And uh, we'll see you all on the next episode. Appreciate you having me, brother. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 